I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about Aldnoa Zero. Uh, This was your choice, if I am not mistaken, Rick. You are correct. It was my choice. It was a show I had seen a long time ago that I, I really wanted to rehash with you because I think I think more than just myself could learn a little thing or two from it. Fair enough. Uh, I actually saw this myself as well. Uh, watching the first episode, it, it really jogged my memory that I actually had seen this. Uh, it's actually uh, two seasons. Uh, first uh, season is 12 episodes long. Uh, and then season two is also 12 episodes long, uh, came out in season one came out in 2014 and then season two came out at the beginning of 2015. So it was a back to back right there. Uh, the studio was, uh, a one pictures. Yeah. They did a really good job. I think I, I feel they did a really great job. Um, the genres are, uh, action, mecha, sci-fi space. And I would, I would argue even a little bit of romance, just a tad. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah, I agree. A little bit of romance, a lot of confusion. <laughs> very yeah. very much so. One of the producers for this, uh one of the main producers for this was Aniplex and then Tokyo MX. You know, whenever I see a uh <laughs> I'm gonna butcher, but Aniplex, whenever I see that, I always know it's gonna be a really good show. Because I I've I've yet to see anything anything bad come out of them. We've actually reviewed a few that were done by them. It starts off pretty slow, I would say. Uh, episode one, it's just like kind of, it's like easing you into this, and it like for the first few minutes, and then that's it, and then all hell breaks loose. It's like, all right, cool. This is going to be like one of those, you know, kind of mellow, let's saunter around type of shows, and uh, it. It was definitely not one of those. Not not in the least. No. In in the first few minutes, you uh, you meet the three main characters. You meet Asilium, which is the princess, and she's from Mars, which they don't call it Mars anymore. They call it Vers. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Inahu, uh, he's another main character. He is very emotionally dampened. Like... But I, you'd say Dan, but I say devoid because he doesn't get mad. He doesn't, it's not one of those things where I get mad, I don't get mad, I get even. No, he just doesn't like, he's a very good soldier, but I think that's, that's a result of his surroundings because he's not much of like anything. Well, I mean, like if that was the case, all the other people there would also turn out the same way. I would say it's, more along the lines uh, because he has uh, a mental disability, although I wouldn't call it that. I mean, like he functions on a super high intellectual level, like beyond what I would ever be able to function at. That's that's for sure. (laughs) 
Well, that's why I don't think it was. I think he was. He's a product of his, I guess, not upbringing, but his his surroundings, because I don't think it's. He's very null. Null, I guess, this would be a good way to put it. All right. Yeah, I got nothing beyond that, unfortunately. Okay. He's very quiet. Very, very focused. If you're his target, unfortunately, you're not going to survive too long. Yeah. And then you have the third main character, Slain. <laughs> yeah. Don't they have, like, nicknames for each other? Because they're not, they're not friends. They're obviously enemies. Yeah. So he call, uh, Slain calls Inaho Orange because his mech is orange and it's an orange one because he's training it's a training mech it's lighter in movement doesn't have as much armor but for what Inaho prefers you know it works to his advantage he's able to maneuver and move the way he needs to move and he's able to to utilize those advantages greatly uh slain he's called bat because when Inaho meets Slain, he's flying a, a ship or a plane that I guess you could kind of say resembles a bat. It's black, but that's about it. But, you know, whatever. What do I know? Well, <laughs> I think it's kind of cool that they decided to name each other after their given mechs, if you will. You know what I mean? It's they never really see any each other face to face for the first what two thirds of the first season. Yeah, they actually don't they don't recognize each other by their person. They recognize each other. They recognize each other by which why I thought this was kind of cool by their abilities. Well, Inaho never knew of uh, Slain. Slain knew of him, but didn't know who it was. But he knew him by the color of his mech and the fact that an orange mech defeated one of the, the Martians great powerful mechs that are supposed to be, you know, unbeatable. Like you can't defeat them. And, and this, this kid in a training mech just defeats him. He finds a way to defeat him and defeats him. Destroys and, for no apparent reason. Oh, what do you mean for, for no apparent reason. Well, so, I, Kate, I know that sounds kind of callous, but what I mean by no apparent reason is it was their first encounter by everybody's, by everybody's standard. There's no way that he should have won. He should have been just destroyed beyond recognition. And for some reason, he just has like the wonder Mac. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that and the super abilities anyways, it all starts off with uh, Asylum wanting to go down to Earth as a goodwill gesture because of the war that happened 15 years ago and and the moon has been destroyed uh, by an event called Heaven's Fall, which is a warp, great warp gate being destroyed and blowing up, uh, fragmenting the moon, taking a giant chunk out of it and placing an orbit around it a bunch of asteroids. Well, the Martians don't want her to go there as a goodwill gesture. In fact, a lot of the Martians that are in these uh, castles, quote unquote, uh, orbiting Earth. And there's a select group of them that actually want to go to war and take over the planet because they feel that the Earth 
the earthlings, the humans on earth don't deserve any of it. And in fact, they just squander it and everything else. And, and that it's the Martians or the Vers, their right to come and take it, even though they came from there and they even know that they came from there. It's not thousands of years or anything like that. It's well, I would say it's, it's really close to like a, a, a class system where the Martians are what they consider to be royalty or upper class because they're able to manipulate specific ships. Well, it's like not a, because they're able to, they're given the ability to thanks to the Alusia family, uh, Elysium's uh, grandfather who went there, found this ancient civilization from millennia ago was endowed with this power known as uh, Aldo Aldnoa, which is the name of the anime Aldnoa. And he's able to impart the ability to activate it to other individuals who he deems worthy. And same thing with the others of his lineage. So his son who you find out was killed in heaven's fall and his granddaughter or granddaughters um, are able to, and they're able through a kiss. Now you don't know. This is the, the weird thing, right? For the daughters, for them to pass on or the way they showed them passing on the ability for someone to be able to activate the Aldna uh, drives or, or equipment is special engines, right? Is by kissing or a variation of that. All right. Since a majority of them are, are guys was grandpa, you know, going up and just like kitch- kissing a bunch of random dudes. It's like, ah, I feel like you're worthy here. Give me a kiss. <laughs> Kinda. No, I always, I didn't really see it as just the act of kissing so much. It was, um, sharing DNA of, of a sort, which doesn't necessarily make it much better. Um, but it, it was essentially in my, I, the way I understood it was my DNA is the key. And well, that's not even that because in DNA. the second season, they said they tried using some of the princesses DNA to activate the drive and it never worked. That's right. So it's not a DNA thing. It has to be given. Well, that makes things a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? Yeah. Just a bit. Just, a bit. <laughs> just, just a tad, just a tad. Um, <sighs> So the sect of Martians try to assassinate the princess and if I, you find out she really wasn't assassinated. In fact, they uh, failed. And since she had never been to earth before the gravity, the real gravity actually made her feel a little sick. So they had a double in their, her place take over and she, the double got killed. I bet you that she feels horrible. The real princess. Oh, she does. In more ways than one, but the <laughs> yeah. Martians who plant, who, uh, planned to assassinate her, use this as an excuse to invade earth and to just take it over because they feel like it's their duty. Now, not all of them there. They say they're the 37 orbital night clans and not all of them land on earth. But they do land there, and it, there is a United Earth Federation uh, uh, forces, and they are all around the world, and the Orbital Knights land all over the world. And when they land, it's with the force of, I don't know, what, 10, a couple of 10 nukes? A bombs, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's bad. 
It, 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 they destroy the area they're around, and it, it's, it's essentially a, a land grab because whatever land they're, they're a part of, they claim is their own. So it's, it's more greed than anything else that drives them at this point. And it's sad, but it's how greedy military minds think. That's it. And Slain, his whole, his whole uh, connection to this all is he's actually from Earth. Yep, and he's considered filthy because he's, his father was from Earth. Yeah, and because he is also from Earth. Yeah, and um, so he's treated as a slave. Well, in a matter of speaking, he's treated, treated uh, as lower than human. That's for sure. Uh, but he's still allowed to dress nice and, and do afforded all these luxuries and everything else still. So I wouldn't say less than human. I would just say he's not treated fantastic. I would, I don't know if I could handle being treated the way that he's been treated. But yeah. Let's, let's put it that way. Cause I, my pride would let me do, do some really stupid things. Yeah. And then you'd be killed. So that would end that pretty quick. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense why he's still alive. Because yeah, yeah. Any any strong-willed person is is next. Um, every mech on the Mars side, and the reason why they're thought to be indestructible or superior in every way is because they are. They are pretty superior <laughs> in every way. <laughs> uh, but each one of them have their own special, unique ability. Yeah. And you don't really know it until it's released. Yeah. Because they're kind of they're kind of secretive about it. They always allude to the, oh, I could do this, I could do that. But they don't, until the cards are on the table, you don't actually know. So it's kind of cool. Um, but I would say it's it's a Verse-specific kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that they allude to it or, or, or they hide it. It's like you know what the ability is. You just don't know the function of it. It's like, okay, he can shoot laser beams and it can be straight and it'll destroy anything within one shot. Not a problem. We know what his ability is. This guy over here, his ability is a blade. I don't care if you figure it out. You ain't going to be able to stop it. This guy over here, storms, electricity. This one over here, invisibility. This one over here, you know, he's able to multiply himself or or this and that. Yeah. But it <laughs> how are you gonna fight that in your head with training equipment? Uh very effectively if you are <laughs> in a hoe. Yeah. Right. Just, I think it's it's subject to being him. Yeah. Because he's it's crazy. He does the simplest things and it, it's it's one of those things you're like, he's the perfect soldier. He gets back to basics on everything. He's able to find innovative ways to deal with unique individuals, let's call them. And he's very much, they, they still die. It just takes a bullet. Yeah. Like that's his whole focus. Yeah. That's his whole, yeah, they're flashy, but I could still shoot them. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so what's interesting is Slane actually finds out that, Elysium is not dead and she's actually alive by, I want to say the end of the third episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so he doesn't know who to trust because the guy he was with says that she must be killed. Otherwise, all of me and my counterparts will be branded traitors. So he doesn't know because Slain loves the princess. He, he Everything he does, he does for her. Whether it's a good or a bad thing is another story, but... It's infatuation more than I would say love. Like it's it's one of those creepy crushes that you're like, well, thanks. I think he is a uh, borderline stockish, but he's also very strong willed because he doesn't know who he can trust, which is admirable. Yeah. He doesn't tell anyone that the princess is alive, and the one guy that does figure it out who who holds him in high regard after that point, after having looked down on him, ends up getting killed. <laughs> yeah, and. <sighs> His situation keeps going from bad to worse. Oh, like he, yeah. He gets I'm he gets the short end of the stick in like many different many different ways. And it's not his fault because he can't necessarily play it any differently than he is. Yeah. So, I mean, is he a bad guy? Well, you, you know, know, what's what's funny is he drives the point drives to the point. It's like, he's trying to do the right thing and it ends up just really biting him in the behind when it comes to fruition. And yeah, so he's sitting there trying to protect the princess. The guy who originally wanted to assassinate her finds out she's alive. And he even tells her, I'm the one that originally assassinated her. And then he says, now it's your choice. You need to choose your side. And so he chooses to side with the guy knowing full well, full well that he intends to still try and kill the princess. And at the very end of season one, uh, you know, uh, having fought, uh, slain a couple of times, uh, or not slain. Sorry. The, the guy who originally tried to have the princess assassinated, uh, saws bomb. Yeah. He fights him and actually, is about to win and and kill him. And then the slain stops Inaho from actually killing him because he has such admiration for him, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, like he just panics and then saves him. And so Inaho ends up getting incapacitated and then slides bomb to the shock of slain who you knew was going to try and assassinate the princess shoots her a couple of times to kill her. And then he wigs out, starts shooting at Sazbom, hits him a few times, reloads, sees Inaho climbing along the ground and says, you're not allowed to touch her after seeing her touching him. And he's obviously off the deep end and jealousy of that. And then yeah. you shoot Inaho right in the face. And then that's where so, it ends. That's, it kinda, that's season one. Unless you've actually seen this, you, you kind of would get a little confused. Inho actually takes the princess in and befriends her in a weird kind of way. And she doesn't reveal that she's the princess, but he kind of figures it out along the way. No, she reveals it like episode three when uh, Inho is fighting the one guy. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, my bad. You're right. And on the, on the bridge, she reveals herself to be alive. And so the guy flips out because he's like, she's alive. And so he tries to kill her, but because he's on a bridge and a trap, they drop him in water. And that's how they're able to find the weakness to his supposedly impenetrable armor. So she's kept alive. She's kept safe on, on the most part. 
yeah, for the most part. But I'm kind of curious. How did you feel when you saw season one end that way? I was like, man, what a way to end it. That is, that is some, that is some hardcore stuff. And I would be super disappointed and super sad if there was no season two. Well, you, uh, <laughs> you're far more subdued than I was because when I found out, I was like, what? No, no, the bad guy, because in my opinion, at that time, he became the bad guy by shooting the good guy, the person that I sided with. And in the head, several, like, you're like, what? No, no. You both want the same thing. You both know you want the same thing. You're just going about it differently. You're both technically from the same place. I mean, come on. The only thing that's missing is you're, you're like long lost brothers or something, which was never, I would say, which was never, uh, Never confirmed nor denied, in my opinion. All right, but yeah, that that would have. <laughs> I feel like the 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 story writers left that open to be a potential uh, storyline or a plot twist, if you will, but they never acted on it. Um. So, what ends up happening at the beginning of season two? It takes place after nineteen months after the events of season one. Uh, realistically season two realistically season one in the year. So you, you could say this is an alternate reality, uh, because it takes place in 2014, which is the year it came out for season one. Uh, season two picks up right where it left off and you, you're kind of told like, Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. And you're like, well, obviously it's going to be, uh, you know, because no one else would be surprised that someone, someone's coming back at that point. Like you're not going to elude yeah. that much and have it not be him. Well, it didn't make any sense to me. Like it had to have been like a, like you said, an alternate future because you don't get shot in the head point blank like that and nothing happens. And then season two opens and there he is. You're like, what? How is he alive? Let alone with no scars and or with no disabilities. Nah, but you learn pretty quick that he does have a scar. He doesn't even have an eye where he got shot was in the eye socket in the cranium. And luckily they do uh, reference back to this. They do go back to him being shot in the head. And they said, if we don't get him into surgery now to try and save him, he will die. And people do yeah. live from headshots, from uh, especially uh, that type of headshot. It's not, it's not totally unheard of for you to live from something like that. True, especially with their kind of, I would say, uh, advanced medicine. Because if they've got mechs and they went to Mars, they're at least advanced as us. So I, I would concede that point. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And his eye is, is, uh, artificial. It's a robotic eye with a, with the programming and basically a mind of its own. It's, we have the technology. We can build a better, faster, stronger. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but not quite like that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, it's just, and then what was kind of cool for me is his personality didn't change much. It did change, just not, he, I would say he became more hardened 
than anything else. Yeah. And basically, season two is just a continuation of season one with the ongoing conflicts, except uh, Slane is now more psychotic than ever before and more calculated and I would say backstabbing because he kills the guy. Like, what gets me is Slane actually kills. Sawsbomb in season two, like, why would you save the guy just to kill him later on? I mean, like, he had no idea, had no reason to believe that Sawsbomb would make him a son, which he does. You find out pretty, pretty early on. He decides he wants to make him his son because a couple of the other counts are talking trash, saying he's Turian scum and this and that and Sazbomb sees the value in him and so to to end them from further damaging him or his his own name he says he makes slain him his son see I think he did that more for political reasons than anything else because everyone knows that this scum for lack of a better term saved the princess whether uh, it's true or not that's what everyone knows well not everyone knows that some some people are like wishy-washy on one way or the other. They never specify that in, in any way, but what he does do, and he doesn't do it for a political stunt. He, he says, I need to have an error anyways. So Azbom doesn't have an error. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> how ironic that his heir is the one to kill him. Exactly. So it helps uh, move along his plot and schemes even further. And so he gets to a point where he actually just wants to make his own country with the princess. It deluded as ever, but yeah. And it goes on. And so Slane and Inaho throughout the whole series, they come into a series of conflicts with each other because they have this vendetta against each other because they're both still alive. And yeah, so long as they're both alive, they're always going to have conflict. Until one of them's you, truly bested. Or dead, I think or, is. Or dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd, I'd kind of have a hate boner for somebody who shot me in the head. Well, he doesn't hate why the guy. Slain, he even says he doesn't Slain, hate the guy. He, he just <laughs> wants to defeat him. He just wants to prove he's better. It has nothing to do with that. I don't hate anyone. I have no reason to hate you. You bested me in some situation, in which case I was severely handicapped. That does not make you better. That makes you weak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't. I. I don't understand it. Why would Slain have a vendetta against you know? Even though he's like, I shot you in the head. I obviously win this one. It's because the princess actually has feelings for him. <sighs> okay, I can see that. Like when the princess was holding Inoho's hand, the the dude was on the verge of a psychotic breakdown. All right. He's like, what, 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 what's going on here? You, you can't do that. That's not right. <laughs> what's going on here? Huh? Huh? You, you want you got something you want to tell me? And so it basically ends too. I, I know we're skipping a lot, but there's, it's a lot of battles, a lot of plot building up to battle points to the, it's a lot of repetition. It is a lot of repetition, 
go here, beat them, go here, beat him, go here, beat him. Oh yeah, my eyes all powerful. I can tell you all kinds of stuff. It's an analytical engine. I have it expanding into my brain. It's taken over part of my mind, but that doesn't matter to me because I am awesome. Or or he's deficient in some way, which is why it doesn't matter to him that he's losing himself. Well, he doesn't lose himself. He comes back to reality, uh, mostly. And he ends up <laughs> saving Slane because the princess tells him when he does finally meet the princess, the AI, I, <laughs> the, the AI, I, uh, go figure, uh, has a conversation with the princess and the princess actually tells the eyeball that she wants, Inaho to save Slane. And so at the end, when they're fighting and they're battling each other, that's exactly what he does. He defeats Slain and then he saves Slain and just to have Slain be in prison at the very end for the rest of his natural life. Yeah, because that, you know, that makes more sense. More sense than you could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. The, the prison scene was very reminiscent, very reminiscent of a uh, X-Men when a uh, professor Xavier goes to see Magneto in the prison at the end of yeah. uh, the first X-Men. He's like, huh? Yeah. He's, he's like, I, you know, I'll, I'll save you. Just want to throw that out there. I think that you are worth saving, uh, but you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail. want to throw that out there. Uh, we cool. We cool. cool. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, actually he even tells, you know, he's like, yeah, I didn't want to save you. I saved you because the, princess wanted me to save you so that's gotta hurt your pride just a little the at that point the dude starts bawling and it's like yeah there's nothing more to be said oh and you see Inaho doesn't have that eye anymore he has a patch he goes i don't need it anymore so <laughs> i i beat you i'm good <laughs> yeah exactly do you think they could there's somewhere else they could go with this or no uh i would say no. Is there somewhere else they should go with this? I guess would be a better, uh, more reasonable question. I don't know. I, w- I would be scared to think. Uh, I know that there are rumors of a season three for it, but it makes me wonder where it's going to uh, go. See, I always thought that Inaho should end up with the princess and they'd be able to create a piece. And I thought that's where things were going to go. And then when Slane shot him in end of season one, I thought, well, okay, Slane's going to go back a hero, marry the princess and make things better for everybody. And that absolutely did not happen. Yeah. Not so, in the least. Like they're, Whoever did this was obviously out to defy rationale so and they did i mean they ended it yeah they they put they definitely ended it they put bookmarks on it i don't know where they could go after this and the only thing that they said uh at the end of it was um that the princess was gonna go around and try and negotiate with the rest of the knights to help return the the lands back to earth and have them withdraw from earth because it is not their land. It is not their right to be there. If it's not their right, then whose do you think? Obviously the earthlings, but let's be honest, the country that they originally, I mean, like, I don't know, would you want to have someone from Mars occupy Japan and say Japan is their country now? 
Who's, no, who's, 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 whose be, country is it supposed anime. to be? It's supposed to be Japan. Japan is its own anime. country, its own entity. Yeah, but if that happened, anime would go to crap, and I really don't want that to happen. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have more <laughs> anime like this. Um, so that's, that's all, that's the only thing they would do is if they were to continue on with the story, it would just be them trying to round up the last of the people there, unless they wanted to introduce someone else, like another person trying to assassinate the, the princess. That would just feel like a repeat though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it's all about repetition, right? You want to see the same thing over and over, right? Oh, totes. Totes. Just, just curious, when you watched it, did you get a uh, historical vibe out of it at all? No. No? Because for some reason, I was, I, I had like real strong feelings of like they're trying to recreate what happened uh, in just the shot that was heard around the world for World War II. Well, I mean, like technically they did say it was World War II for them. So cool. Yeah, uh, I guess it makes sense for accuracy. Yeah, but whatever. Whatever. So. What's your score for this uh, wonderful <laughs> work of art? My score is going to be 4.7. Really? Yes. Why? Gave it solid uh, ending. Give it a closure. Uh, it had good story. The animation was great all the way through it. I, I enjoyed it. it. It gave me, when when it tried to do something outlandish, they didn't make it seem unrealistic. They explained how or why this was able to happen, which I liked. Why Why did this happen this way? Let's go into the explanation about this so that way you're not going, well, what the heck was that? Okay. I guess I can see that. What about you, so sir? So much higher. Uh, you're more generous with your score than I am. I'm going to give it a three and a half. You're much more generous than mine than I, than I am. All right. Um, and the reason the score is so high is <laughs> I realize you just gave it way higher, but the reason my score is as high as it is, is you are right. It had bookends. It had a relatively decent, um, consistent animation throughout. I did enjoy that immensely. The thing I did not like, however, was the inconsistency I felt between season one and season two. And it all comes back to being shot in the head. I realize you can survive it, but Sloan doesn't seem like the the type of person to leave a job unfinished. All right. Well, I wouldn't, I would argue that immensely because all he does is leave things unfinished. <sighs> he tried starting another country, failed, tried doing a full takeover, failed. Tried killing Sazbomb, failed. Tried exposing the true traitors, failed. That's what what has he seen all the way through besides the saving of the princess, which he almost failed at because of his own inadequacies. Okay, you actually you've made good points, and I, in light of these good points, have to change my score. I'll give it a four. I'm not I'm not convinced in your benevolence <laughs> <laughs> with with him, but. I'll give it a four. Uh, right. I'll get, raise it a whole half a point. I believe it's your turn this coming run. Do you have uh, any anime you've had your eye on, sir? Uh, no. But uh, let me let me pull up my generator here and and next week's choice is from the new world. It is a drama, horror, mystery, psychological, sci-fi, supernatural. Came out in summer of 2012. 
25 episodes long. Uh, it does have a mature rating, so I would uh, definitely advise you not watch it around the little ones. Uh, hopefully it turns out good, because that's where we're watching. Have you ever seen that before? Because I that's an unfamiliar title for me. I have not seen it before. Although, if I have seen it, we'll know within the first couple of seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so well, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please leave us a uh, rating on your preferred platform. It does help us out. Uh, and if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at Featured Anime Podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at those anime guys. And of course, we have a voicemail link in the show notes. So feel free to leave your comments, what you feel like we should watch, or your views on any of the shows that we have seen. And uh, you'll probably even be featured in one of the one of the episodes. Until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. Later. Later. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.